Puppet of the People is brought to you by MTG Madness. You can visit them online at mtgmadness.com. Welcome to Popper to the People, episode 136. With me today is not our usual crew. We have Joshua Clater. Hello. And Samuel Culkin. Hello, guys. All right, so the lineup's a little bit different tonight. Uh, Nate and Peter couldn't make the show. Uh, Nate's a little sick and Peter's got family over. Uh, but decided to have a show anyway because the pretty big announcement that we're not getting Popper daily events back. But... um. First off, I want to just introduce you to the guys who are co-hosting with me today. Uh, Joshua, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, obviously, my name is Joshua Clater, and for the past seven years, I have been the editor-slash-content-slash-community-manager of PureMTGO.com. I am an active streamer and an active person that uh, contributes to YouTube, for Magic the Gathering Online, uh, and an active writer, having been a magic writer since 1999. Uh, I've appeared on the Dojo, Star City, several magazines, when they were actual a real thing, uh, <laughs> I guess that's I. Those are those are the important parts. All right. Uh, how how do you deal with uh, Popper? How am I dealing with Popper? Well, I mean, how do you? Uh, what do you think about Popper in general? Popper is a fantastic format uh, that before it was supported by Watsi, I kind of ignored, but under the prompting and. Uh, persistence of Alex Allman I actually got into and when I started playing the format it was uh, it was a revelation it was fun it was neat to do things with cards that you normally don't see a lot of play with in standard or block or any other format uh, actually when I got into Popper they had just banned cranial plating and I couldn't understand why they did that <laughs> And I was just like, whatever, that's silly. There's a ton of artifact removal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Popper's great. It's currently my favorite format to play on Magic the Gathering Online. It's currently my favorite format to write about, so... Alright, that's cool. Okay, um, brings us to Samuel. How are so, you doing, Samuel? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, this is quite a new experience for me. I've never been on a live recording of a podcast before. Um, feeling a little bit stage frights and stuff like that. Um, about me in general, um, I'm running the Purple Revolution page with XMIMX and Misha. And we're trying to stimulate pauper in Poland, um, organize some events, get the relevant pauper news 
closer to the people of Poland as they are not really internet savvy and it's uh, uh, unexpectedly hard for them to really find them on the web. So getting them closer and posting them on forums and Power Revolution page it has mm, provided them with relevant Power news. Um, what else? Well, I've been uh, um, organizing Power live events even long before I knew MTGO existed. So I'm like a uh, pauper hipster. So we tried pauper <laughs> in many, many forms like pauper extended and uh, pauper vintage even with uh, what was that? Cranial plating and uh, him to Torah uh, legal. <laughs> and, and that was... Uh, that was very crazy, very crazy format. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys don't already like Popper Revolution, they're uh, an amazing, they're, they're a fan page for Popper, basically. And these guys play Popper, you know, in paper and support all of us who uh, who write for Popper, including MTGO Strat and Pure MTGO and uh, all the websites. So Popper Revolution gives us a, a shout outs all the time and we love you guys. <laughs> Thanks, we love you even more. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that brings us basically to our topic, and uh, basically the the main topic today tonight is daily events for Popper just not coming back. Oh, I'm so sad about that. Yep. This is like a like a blow to the <laughs> kidney, like a, like we've been struck with a very heavy hammer to our kidneys. <laughs> Because yep. we were, we've been waiting so long for them to return. <laughs> it's like this is like the bread of pauper for us. Yeah, um, let's say for the past what, at least a year. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember exactly when premiere events came back or got chopped off the schedule for pauper. But for the past year at least, uh, daily events have been the highest level of pauper competitive play. And uh, well, now we get a sort of like a double-edged sword. Because we have daily events are gone, but we now have premiere events. What do you guys think about that? I'm not a huge fan of the premiere events, uh, but I'm a, a different kind of Magic the Gathering online player than their target markets. Uh, I'm a, a, a single father on the weekends whenever I have my son. Uh, so I put other priorities in place instead of playing magic uh so it's a it's a bit of an inconvenience to me another thing that i don't like about it is the they increased the minimum players for these premiere events right they went from a 32 to a 64 yep used to be used to be 32 now it's 64 well, i think it's might have been 33 uh, yeah whatever 32 or 33 used to be the minimum and now it's uh it's up to 64 is the minimum for premiere events. And I kind of, I was, I was talking to Alex about this earlier because, you know, I didn't have a knee-jerk reaction when daily events went down. I didn't have a knee-jerk reaction when the card prices started to go down. But this actually produced a knee-jerk reaction for me. I don't like conspiracy theories. I'm not a huge fan of them. I but I feel like with Watsi wanting to match up Moto with what they do on paper, 
that it is very possible that they're going to see that these new Popper premiere events just don't fire, and then Popper gets taken off the schedule altogether. Yep. I personally can't see how Popper makes Watsy money. I mean, yeah, packs get sold, but I see Popper being more of a secondary market moneymaker than, than it does for Watsy. So if they're not making a profit, why offer it? And if they continue to offer events that aren't firing, then why continue to offer them? So I, I, I just see this going down to a slippery slope to where all we're back to having for Popper is player-run events. And uh, player-run events are great. They serve a great purpose in the community. But I think Popper players, the community as a whole, uh, they deserve better than that. Yep. It's, um, it's kind of sad, right? We do, uh, I, I'm not going to say that, uh, you know, I'm effectively infinite on Magic Online by playing Popper events, or, yeah, by essentially by playing Popper events, so, but I don't think I'm the target audience for Watsy either, though, I mean, and it took me, I still have $200 roughly invested in Magic Online to get me started, you know, that, that was what I learned with, um, and Popper you know, sort of transform me into a good player. And now I'm starting to dive into other formats as well as Popper, uh, including you know, block constructed and standard. And, uh, so I think Popper is kind of like the gateway drug. And <laughs> I, I don't know that they're aware of that is that a lot of people will get their start in Popper. And I think I read from, a, uh, who was it? Avignon on MCG Academy. He said that he basically, built up his MTGO collection by playing Popper. He's the guy who came up with the uh, uh, Tron list that is so active in Popper right now. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people get their start in Popper, and a lot of magic enthusiasts get their start in Popper. Yeah, the cheap entry point is just, it's appealing. When you can buy uh, two decks for $20, uh, let's just say Affinity and Eye Candy, and be competitive... That is, that's fantastic. And if you're making prizes off that, then you're building your collection. You're putting more tickets back into Watsi. And, and that's, that's making them happy. Because you're eventually going to jump into the other formats and give Draft a try. And give, uh, you know, Standard or Block a try. Yeah. I say I'm effectively infinite because, uh, Every once in a while, I'll go on a drafting spree, and I'll just dump all the tickets I've ever made <laughs> from <laughs> drafting. So, uh, and then I'm back to square one. I'm like, oh, man, I guess I'm going to play in some popper daily events again and make some cash back so I can draft some more. But, <laughs> um, Did you draft some Mercadian masks? Oh, uh, well, they're not here yet, unfortunately. Uh, they'll be here on the 18th. I am counting down the days. Oh, yeah. I, can, I cannot wait. I love mass. I love mass block drafting. Yeah, if, yeah, you, if like, you like, uh, I've got a big on With uh, we're talking about Mercadian masks. Oh Are yeah, we were talking about Mercadian mass draft. Sorry, folks, I paused the recording because uh, we had a audio issue. And we were talking about Mercadian masks, which are awesome. So they will be here on 18th, right? 
Yes. Yes. How, how do you think those Mercadian masks will affect uh, pauper prices? Uh, well, everything goes down, right? If you saw, if you were paying attention to Tempest prices, uh, Tempest Stronghold Exodus prices, um, a lot of your pauper staples like Diabolic Edict and uh, Rolling Thunder went down by, you know, down to like twenty five percent of their original. Like I checked value. Edict today, and Edict was down to a dollar. Yeah, yeah, I was checking it as well. Uh, days should definitely. Uh, I that that's been a little more of a vintage speculation. Yeah, but days should should lower from fifteen dollars. Uh, you have days accumulated knowledge. Gosh, you have a lot of good popper cards in yeah. Mercadian Mask. That uh, so yeah, snuff out another one, another dollar card. Spider Silk Armor, yeah. Ancestral Mask. Oh yeah, there is Ancestral Mask. Ancestral Mask. Oh my god, good brains. This is a great moment to buy them then. Yeah, brainstorm. <laughs> So hey, there you go. <clears throat> a lot of a uh, lot of good popper cards in this. Oh, flame rift too. That's in here. Seven dollar card, flame rift. For all you burn folks out there. Um, yeah. So what's good about this change is we do get to keep the eight mans, and that was one of the things that I was pushing for prior to this announcement was, or prior to the daily events going away, was that we got eight mans and popper in general. Um, come to find out, they're unsustainable as the only format. However, they are extremely convenient if you want to play and a daily event is just not available for you that day. Right. So I do still play in 8-mans, even though they are just basically a slow ticket shredder. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what do you think about their randomness? Those decks? You know, I, I like it. I like that occasionally I'll run into the random deck that's just going to blow me out, like three, Freed from the Real. You know, I run into a deck like that, I'm like, sweet. I'm actually pretty glad that I ran into something different. And you don't get that with daily events, and especially you're especially not going to get that with premier events. Uh, however, it is basically just a slow ticket shredder. You, you cannot actually make a profit off of eight mans. Uh, even the best of players is going to take... Uh, oh man, I gotta... There's a website, and I'll link it, I'll link it in the show notes. Uh, it's called magicev.com and... Uh, oh, we'll put the link in the show notes anyway, in case you can't remember that. But uh, it'll show you eight-man events, constructed case, based on current price payout, what kind of a win percentage you'd need to actually make a profit. And according to this site, you have at a 55% win percentage, you do not make a profit in eight-mans. Let that sink in for a minute there. Oh. Yeah, you need you need a fifty-seven percent win percentage to make a profit in eight mans. That's harsh. Yep. So we've got a. Uh, I'm gonna put that right here. You guys can check that out. Plug in the calculators and everything. And it shows you all the events too that are currently offered on Magic Online. I don't know how that will change with premier events, but it also keeps track of uh, booster prices if you're just gonna sell it to Bob to bots and whatever. So, yeah. There you go. What is the current win percentage of best modo grinders? Oh, best modo grinders, I think. Oh. I think I saw an interview somewhere Badu Tinha. Um there's a Brazilian grinder. Yeah. Yeah. I think he said he had something like a 60% win percentage. 60 to 65% was what he estimated. 
can't remember where I read that though. If, if anybody knows where I read that, posted uh, posted in the comments, or email me or contact me on Twitter. But yeah, it's uh, like the best the best grinders, like the guys who actually make a living off of this, are doing sixty to sixty five percent win percentages, and they're not. You know, they can't actually make money off of eight mans if that's the case. Well, those guys won't be happy about dailies not returning. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys like Butterstein Hunt, whatever, playing other daily events, which are which are still which are coming back. But I'm more concerned with the fact that uh, the format that I love is not getting the daily events back, and that's going to make it extremely hard for me to continue to play Moto for free, basically. I like. Anyway. I just... I don't want to sound like I'm going to go off on a tangent because I've already went off on my tangent on Twitter. Yeah. I believe in Watsy. I really do. I believed that they were making the best choice for the program when they took daily events offline. I believed that they needed to change some numbers around. I believe... That they were going to re that they were going to bring dailies back and they weren't going to mess with the prize structure too much, enough to where I was convincing my friends to not sell their accounts, to not, uh, you know, to not panic, and you know the the last worth announcement where he said daily events were going to come back, prices rebounded, and this announcement just. I know it wasn't a personal attack on Joshua Clayter. <laughs> just for, for, you know, I mean, because in Watsy's eyes, what, what Joshua Clayter does is very small compared to what someone like Worth does or Mike Turian does. I mean, I... The four or five people that I saved from quitting isn't going to make a, 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 a dent in their profit margins. I just... I feel kind of silly, even, for, for believing so much in the company that everything was going to be close to normal. I mean, I love the fact that uh, standard daily events are the same day every day now. I can work that into my daily schedule around my exercise or around my cooking. Uh, I love that everything's uniform. I just think that in their effort to make MTGO match paper, they either need to bite the bullet and sanction popper and paper, and they could Praise just as the easily they could just as easily use the popper ban list and the the popper rules on MTGO to make paper popper match up. Yeah, it's going to be confusing for a little bit because the newer players in Paper Popper will be like, oh man, why can't I hand the Torok? And we'll be like, well, because we're playing a Moto format in Paper. But I, I, I just... I don't feel safe about the long-term health of the formats. Yeah, it's definitely it, a turmoil. And I wasn't even, we weren't even going to record Popper to the people tonight, but... Um you know, because of the other co-host, I really felt like this was important enough that, you know, for the health of the format, that we really needed to get something out saying, hey, look, guys, this is the way that two of the premier pauper heads of the community feel about this. You know, we don't, we're not okay with this. This is, you know, we need events. 
Yes, those events are what keeps our bloodstream. This is the blood of pauper. Like when I want to show anyone uh, what pauper is, I just direct them to the pauper dailies page and they can see those events and see that a pauper community is growing. There are events firing off and people are playing it and there's a strong meta game. And now they will only see some eight months with pretty random wacky constru constructs and uh, pauper premier events, which are cool, but not as often. So it really saddens me. I would love to see uh, pauper in paper being sanctionized. That would be like a dream come true. We've been um, dreaming about this for three or four years now since I really began to play pauper at all. And that would make everything so much better than it is now. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. And how good are people going to feel if they can, you know, if they don't need to... A lot of the barrier of competitive magic play really comes with cost. I mean, straight up, the mythic rares and the rares you have to have to play competitive sanctioned magic that they want right now. Um you can't do that with commons. But that's where Popper really comes in is you know, it, give, it gives a gateway for all these people to start building up a collection and because they can actually win with these common cards that are good. And you know, Watsy doesn't design for Popper whenever they build new sets. I think they throw us a bone every once in a while, like Nivik Cyclops <laughs> yeah. or Great Merchant, but uh they really they obviously, and they've said this before, that they don't design for Popper. That's, and I totally understand that. But you have to acknowledge that the format exists and that we love it. I mean, I I was using it as a gateway because I couldn't afford standard cards. I can now, but you know, Popper is still my favorite format. Uh, I would still play a if they had a sanctioned paper event somewhere, like you know, a Grand Prix or something then I would totally yeah. go out and buy the real-life cards to build my Delver deck and play in a real-life Grand Prix. I actually made a mention in one of my last uh, issues of accumulated knowledge of a Popper Pro Tour and players running around dealer booths looking for stuff like Obsidian Acolyte and Standard <laughs> Bearer. That's amazing. That's, that's great. That would be so awesome. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, we've already had in Poland uh, two pauper nationals already. So we've had that situation. We, uh, we had exactly this as you are describing right now. There were pauper players in a location in uh, our capital city. And there were pauper trades everywhere. People were shouting for ancestral masks and uh, corrupts. And that was amazing. Like being in a whole another universe when pauper is, where pauper is sanctionized. That's insane. I mean, I, for a time, um, I was running weekend popper events at my local game store using the, the Moto ban list and the Moto rule list. Yeah, and those were some of our most popular events. Because, well, we did have a, a bit of an overlap between people at my local store that played popper uh, on Moto that would come and play their same popper decks 
in real life. And it brought actually a lot of new people into the game because we were running these free popper events on the weekends and I was just giving away, you know, like full decks for, you know, the winners and stuff. And it didn't... I mean, it eventually helped get tournament attendance up for stuff like Friday Night Magic and our thir and our Tuesday Night Drafts and such, but it didn't have the staying power because, well, Saturday there was other things that I wanted to do, like PTQ or... Uh, so you're saying that I, the, the interest was there, but the you didn't have the tournament organizer there to, to make the event happen? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You really need that dedicated community to, to pull that off. Um, I mean, people people know what Popper is. They really do. And one of the examples that I have is I went to the Theros pre-release. And if you remember your timing, the Theros pre-release happens uh, shortly after CloudPost was banned. CloudPost and Temporal Fusion were banned from Popper. Uh, so I went to this Theros pre-release, and you know, I was just talking with a couple of guys, telling me you know, who I was, what I did. You know, I'm a Popper enthusiast. I've been doing this for a while. And uh, they're like, yeah, you know, I used to play Popper online, but then, you know, everybody started playing that Temporal Fissure deck, and it just it was just miserable. I was like, no, man, they banned it. And they're like, oh, my God, really? I'm totally going back and playing Popper online right now. <laughs> yeah, that Fissure deck was misery. <laughs> it was. It was miserable it was, for everyone, and they was, banned uh, it. Yeah. And this it was like a walk of shame for everyone. <laughs> You would have to work between two rows of people uh, hitting you with clubs. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so people, you know, people were real excited about it, and that's what blows my mind about the daily events going away for Popper is that you know, Watsy listened to us when we said, "Hey, this deck is oppressive. It needs to go," and they listened to us. They took it away. They banned it in all of its iterations. Uh, we still have the the Simic. The the Esper Mill Sage going thing going on, and then like the Simic Land Enchant decks going on happening yeah. occasionally. Yeah. But those decks are far easier to interact with than the Cloudpost deck was. So Watsi listened to us, right? They they said, "Hey, you know what? We acknowledge you guys as a community, and this is what you guys want, so we're doing it." And then they take away the daily events. <laughs> um, so it's really confusing. <laughs> I want to be as optimistic as Alex, and I know that I keep name-dropping him, but he's someone that I talk to on a daily basis and someone that I respect a lot uh, as one of Pure's former writers and as a writer for Star City now. Um, he's he's pretty sure that we're going to get daily events back by March. And I, I I want to be that optimistic. I just I can't see it. I'm this is the first time that Watsi has done something that has absolutely made me think the sky is falling. This, yeah, that's why sixth edition rules changes. Whatever, adapt. Uh, the new, the new, the lack of la mana burn. Whatever, adapt. Uh, everything that has previously killed Magic that every that has gotten everyone up in arms about. I've just been like, whatever. I'm going to play with the new rules and just get get used to it. But this this isn't even the same game. I mean, a, a premier event's not the same as a daily, an eight event, an eight man event's not the same as a daily. 
Uh, I may have a 60% win percentage in two-man queues, but that's only good for videos. Yeah. I mean... That's excellent for videos. <laughs> I say otherwise, I wouldn't be able to record videos for a pure when I do. <laughs> but it... But yeah, you're you're right. It's it's really. I mean, this is almost as bad as like when they took away the daily events the first time. It's like, ugh, you know, it's, it's it feels like it's that bad, and that's why we're having this forum here, and uh, we need people to comment. We need people to retweet our, you know, our tweets. Bug uh, Worth and Bug Mike Turian. We need. We're like, we want these events. These are our format is not going to survive without these events. I wouldn't say bug Mike and Worth. I would just say present well-reasoned, well-communicated things. If if you do what I did on Twitter earlier today, uh, I took a, a, a pretty angry tone with them, and and that that's the wrong way to go about it. Be respectful. Present a present a good argument. Yeah. Don't be don't be blah blah blah. I'm so and so, and this is why this needs to happen. Because uh, people are just, in general, more receptive towards proper communication than they are towards random knee-jerk anger. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really what I'm trying to get at here is we're, you know, post in the comments how much you like Popper. You know, retweet, get on Twitter and retweet the tweets. Uh, Alex Ullman wrote, wrote a nice uh, letter, basically an open letter to... to uh, Worth Wolford and Mike Turian that you know definitely retweet let you know let them know that hey this is how we feel as a community. Um, so yeah, obviously no paper no popper dailies is really the biggest downside of this daily event returning or these daily events returning. We don't have popper dailies, but we do have the premier events. And uh, Josh, you had something to say about premier events. I I I feel terrible about premier events. Um, I'm looking right now at the deck list from the Popper Battle Royal that happened over the past weekend that Casting Commons held and that I provided commentary for, and I'm seeing in these deck lists a lot of innovative lists. With a premier event, I believe we're going to see a lot more of the dominant events or dominant decks. We're going to see a ton of mono blue, be it the aggro or the control deck. We're going to see a ton of mono black. And stuff like Obzin's Oops All Spells deck or uh, Ronaldo Vren's uh, Four Color Tron deck, I just I see falling by the wayside because... They have not great matchups against, you know, the best decks in the formats. Uh, Eye Candy, which is a, a very fun deck, is going to be hurt because it's got bad matchups with Mono Blue and Mono Black. And without innovation, there's no growth. And if we're seeing the same deck list over and over and over again, it's going to be, hey, it's time to ban something else, but... Maybe there's not really a need for a ban right now. I mean, does the snap or cloud? I, well, cloud of fairies, I think, could go. But I mean, the format has been at its healthiest point ever since I've been involved with with doing Magic: The Gathering online stuff as a as a as a career. I agree. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, premiere events don't leave. I mean, it's cool to have premiere events, right? And uh, we're by no means saying take away the premiere events. But there are certain decks that just don't function in premiere events. Uh, and then there's certain decks that don't function outside of daily events, right? Like, this, like you know, Obson's one lane combo. It can get a 3-1. It can get there. Uh, it maybe even get a, could get a 4-0 if it's lucky, but if it plays in a premiere event, it doesn't it's not going to happen, right? <laughs> it's not going to win. It's going to run into Delver at some point and lose. Yeah. So, if I may, yep. um, some time ago there was there was a premiere event which E-Hustle won with a... I think it was 134 players about, something like that. One of the last premiere events. And he won it with a BR uh, Tortured Existence deck. And that was uh, like a... Mm, something really unexpected, but I don't think it would happen mm, very often for uh, a rogue deck to win a premier event. No, uh, and have you ever played against E Hustle when he's playing that deck? Uh, me myself? Yeah. No, no, I I okay. never had the pleasure. He draws like I, a god. I have. <laughs> he he's a master. He is very he's very very good with the deck, but he also draws very very well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he has I mean, struck a pact with the gods of MTGO. Yeah, there's a couple I mean, people if, like that. If you play the deck <laughs> as long as he has, you're gonna know the, the intricacies of it, and you're gonna know how to how to best play to your outs. And with his experience with the deck, he gets to play to his outs. Yeah. So, uh, don't get me wrong, I do. I do, I'm aware that he is very, very good with the deck, and he's a very good player in general, um, by all means. And every time I, when daily events were still happening, I'd watch replays of him playing his deck, and I'd learn something every time, just by watching him play replays. I'm like, wow, I didn't know you could do that. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's the sign of, a, like, a really, a guy who knows his deck so well that, like, I know his exact deck list, I know what it should be able to do, and I still learn things by watching the replays. So shout out to him for winning the last. I think that was the last uh, Popper premiere event ever. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. So. Made me buy myself uh, a copy of this deck. <laughs> yeah. When I entered MTGO, it was that was about the time I entered MTGO. Uh, I bought a uh, BR Tortured Existence and uh, Elves and I think uh, Stompy because they overlap with Elves so much. Yeah. So, the other thing that's really concerning here is that it was pretty obvious at the time that, you know, before they took away daily events, that Popper was second in popularity only at a standard, right? Popper was firing with 100 plus people every day in yeah. the daily event they, they featured. Um, whereas your next highest events were usually modern, I think, which were firing between 60 and 80 people. So, Popper had a solid, you know, 25% more people entering the event every single day than modern did. But they're taking away the Popper daily events. So, But modern's also a PTQ format, and it mirrors their want for Moto to, 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 to mirror face-to-face magic. Yep. And I'm not saying that Popper has to be a, a, a PTQ format, though that would be ridiculous. Oh my <laughs> gosh. It would, it would be fantastic. 
stuff. But You're making me dream. Just, <laughs> just the more. option for tournament organizers to sanction Popper for Friday Night Magic. Yeah, that, that would be insane. So much. Yeah, that would be insane. Utterly uh, so. amazing. But it just goes to show, like, how come our priority isn't there, right? It, I really try not to turn this into like a into a wine fest, but how come our priority isn't there? <laughs> whenever it's really obvious that people love the format, we wouldn't keep playing it if we didn't love the format. There are cheap standard decks available. There are cheap Theros block decks available, and yet Popper is clearly just blowing them all out of the water. Uh, not standard, obviously, but you know, moderate Theros block, and uh, yeah, it's it's way firing way more frequently than those. And block. Why did they keep block? Block's not a PTQ format anymore, is it? Uh, I mean, they granted, the, they had the Pro Tour in block last time, didn't they? they, they there, there's a, a Pro Tour. There, there's a block Pro Tour. Yeah, I think, uh, that's I think why they keep the block. I, the Pro Tour formats are now standard to begin the season. Then I think modern. Then full set block. Then standard to end the season. Gotcha. Whenever they go to four, if I if I recall correctly, but. There's no block PTQ season. So block matters for exactly one weekend. Yeah. Uh, Unless they change the qualifier seasons. But I think even the qualifier seasons are going to be standard, modern, standard, and limited. I can see, uh, I can see, what's his name, Psychobabble, right now yelling at you through his, (laughs) through his headphones. No, block is awesome. <laughs> and um, Psychobabble does good work. Uh, and I have actually started a partnership with him to where I record videos for him for his articles because while he's writing, um, his significant other, uh, maybe wife, maybe girlfriend, I'm not entirely sure. I forget the, <clears throat> I forgot the story, is in one room trying to sleep. And I believe there's a child in another room trying to sleep, so making videos while he's writing <laughs> is pretty hard for him to do. Yeah. Uh, I have to... I do the same thing. I have three kids, and, like, when I, I have to record videos at, like, midnight for my for my thing, for my articles for you. You know, it's actually um, about 6 a.m. here. Yeah. And I'm staying, staying all night. <laughs> And my significant other, my girlfriend, is sleeping in the other room, so I cannot be really loud. <laughs> That's why I was asking you to check my uh, oh. mic volume. <laughs> gotcha. And, and uh, well, I'm in the mm, great position mm, compared to you guys because I have no children of my own right now <laughs> yet. Oh, children are awesome. I-, I would highly suggest having one or two. They're pretty cool. Uh, I don't get to see my son as much as I'd like to, but the weekends that I get him are the most amazing weekends of the year, so... Yeah. Yeah. I'll put to the when you're ready. Don't don't have one just because we say to have one, but, you know, make sure that everything's good, you've got a nice career, and, you know... Well, I, I, I just think you need to experience life before you create life, so so that's that's my motto. That's very yeah, I was. I was 27 when my son was born, so I believe I had 
I had experienced as much as I was going to, and I was ready to to move yeah. on a good and moment. experience something new. I didn't have a choice, really. I kind of had my first kid when I was 21. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, no, I, my kids were uh, not, not intentional, but they were all amazing. It's a story for another day. <coughs> Power to the people. Planning parenthood <laughs> and talking about dailies. Yes. Right <laughs> uh, um, <coughs> yeah, so getting back to what we're doing. Um, yeah, Popper. Right. Popper, Popper. Yeah. <laughs> so pre- premier events are amazing for Popper, though, because you really get to see what the good decks are, right? And with premier events. Right. And you'll get to see who the best players are because uh, just like in the Casting Commons tournaments, the the players that had the most experience with their decks, they were the ones that were making the top eights. Yep. And it's nice to see the skill involved in the format because it's not... You look at it and it's like, oh man, it's all commons. This is easy to pick up. It's not... So easy to pick up. Yeah. I challenge anyone to pick up Obzin's Oops All Spells deck and just start winning it cold. Yeah, that deck is hard to play. And you, you or, sort of notice where the significant skill difference too in how many people are running Delver and how many people consistently place with Delver. Right. Right. You, it, uh, Mezzle is a longtime Delver player, uh, Popper Grinder. And he play he, as far as I know, is the only person who wins with his variation of Delver. There are a few other pe- times it shows up every once in a while that people come to <laughs> his list and win with it, but he's like the only one who can actually really win with his list. Most of the people are playing the uh, the days heavy version or you know running Ponder Preordain, and Mezzle just sticks with his uh, brainstorms as his only cantrip, along with you know, expensive spells like exclude. So. And that just shows you, it's like, hey, this guy is actually the guy who knows his deck the best, that he can consistently win with that deck. Uh, whereas people who are copying his deck are not winning, and that's pretty obvious. I was one of those people. <laughs> I definitely copied his deck and was like, yeah, this should be fairly easy to figure out, and then I sold it. Yeah, there's, there's so many complicated interactions with a lot of these decks that you can't just pick them up and win. And they you know, play mistakes are going to happen a lot, but uh, <coughs> it's pretty obvious whenever you you win because you're good, and you win because, or whether you win because you're good, or whether you win because your deck is good. Sometimes certain decks are really good against a meta like Fissure is, was insane against anybody because the deck was so good that it punished. I mean, it just punished you people for not killing it basically. And even the bad players could win with it after turn 5 or 6. Punishing board development. Yes. <laughs> What's easier than that? Uh, nothing much, really. Uh, but since the bannings and, and everything, a lot of people went over to Delver and decided that they couldn't play that deck. And they moved over to other decks that they could play. Like Affinity. And that's where you get a lot of innovation, though, is that people are hopping around decks trying to figure out which ones they can play happily. And if you, with premier events, 
you're not going to really have any room for the innervations, I don't think. You're not going to have any room for the temporal fissures to come back, to, to show their ugly faces and make us ban something because people are going to stick with the consistent X. You know, we're going to go back once again to uh, Obson's One Land deck that uh, you it's very inconsistent, but it can actually cash out in a daily event. But if nobody's playing daily events, then nobody's innovating in a format, so... Yeah. The format will and die. There, there's plenty of room for innovation and in, for innovation in Popper because the card pool is gigantic. It's just and, with yeah. and we still the get current the state of things. There's just no, I guess, real incentive to innovate. Yeah. If you're good with your deck, you just keep playing your deck and you keep cashing and you keep doing. You keep doing what you're doing. Yep. And then the innovation happens at the player run event level. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really love the Perilous Research that was added to Affinity some time ago. That was like something strange and refreshing for a deck that was so well known. Yeah, so well known, so well tuned. and Somebody added perilous research to it. I don't know who it was, but that's awesome, because that gives the deck a whole new angle of attacking. Yeah. It gives the deck so much reach against mono black, because, you know, they're attacking your hand, and attacking your creatures, and if you get to refill, I mean, you're drawing three cards off of research and the wellspring, or the, the other artifact that you sacrifice. I mean, they're oh, they wasted... They've went yeah. through all their resources to deal with your early wave. Now you have a second wave. <laughs> yeah. And you can respond to them killing your creatures. So, three yeah. for one. Hooray. Yeah. It's sweet. I mean, don't you know, there's, there's certainly room for innovation and metagaming and, um, and popper, and there will be in the premier events, but, man, what kind of an incentive is there to, to take your, you know, brand new Super Whamadine combo deck to a premier event if you have to spend six hours to get to, you know, top eight or whatever. Is there really incentive to do that then? I don't know. I don't I don't think there is. I think I'd just take I'd think I'd just take Delver into a daily event into the premier mm-hmm. events and hope that I get good bearings. Isn't it well. hard to like train for a premier event? Is there you need to highly qualified players for that? Um, I'm not well, sure. the cost is the cost is ten tickets, so you're not going to be getting the randoms that just. And yeah. I don't mean randoms. The tournament the practice. The, the you know the people that want practice, you know that. So there's going to be more serious players in these. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yep. Uh, yeah, so you get more serious players in premier events. And that's cool and everything. That's another sort of a downside to premier events only is a lot of people are just like, you know, they want to take zombies into an event, right? Like, you know, the zombies deck that I'm talking about, the one who uses like Jim Palm Polluter and Carnage uh, yeah. Ages and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, that deck can, that deck can 3 1 a daily. That's pretty reasonable that it can happen. Uh, I don't think it's happened yet, but. Um, it's reasonable that it can happen, right? And that's a that's a it's a really fun deck to play if you've never played it before. It's a blast. Uh, but 
I'm not going to take that into a premiere event ever. Not in the history of ever. So, <laughs> but I will spend six tickets and enter a daily event with it because it's fun. And I might, yeah. I might cash. There's a chance that I'll cash. There's precisely zero chance that I cash with that deck in a premiere event. I, I can't like, actually think of a time that I would. Like for me, if I were to sit down for a premiere event, there's only three decks I'm considering. I'm considering Mono Black, I'm considering Delver, and I'm considering Affinity. And that makes me sad because Eye Candy is one of my most favorite decks. Elf Elf Combo is one of my most favorite decks. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> I might take elves to a premier event, <laughs> but I'm a dreamer, you know. <laughs> There's a song, I think, what is it, John Lennon wrote it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I'm not the only one, right? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not the only one. Well, you are the only one with Popper, because I'm certainly not taking those elves into a premier <laughs> event. I might run into a lot of delvers, so... That's good. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I might as well run into a lot of mono black, and that's horrible. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the plus side for you, nobody's running Crypt Rats anymore. Uh, oh, but they are running Pestilence in sideboard. <laughs> no, that's like, only me. I'm the only one who's uh, running Pestilence. You are the mean one. I know. Pestilence is sweet. <laughs> uh, okay. So... Yeah, premiere events, premiere events, premiere I think we said enough about premiere events. Do you guys, th- you guys think so? Yeah, I think we've covered all the bases. Um, all right. So I think we're going to go ahead and cl- move towards uh, closing out this episode. Thank you guys for so much for coming on. Uh, Josh, how can we get in contact with you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at uh, Joshua Clater. Or I have a Facebook page uh, that is www.facebook.com backslash uh, Joshua Clater MTG. Uh, I tend to check my Twitter and my Facebook page the most. So, uh, and that's Clater C L A Y T O R. Liked. Uh, I think I liked you. There we go. I think. I don't know. <laughs> there we go. Figured it out. Okay, uh, Samuel? Well, you can reach me mainly on uh, my Facebook because that's where I spend the most of my productive time. Uh, so visit Popper Revolution uh, page on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com slash revolution. And I'll be sure to check my emails and reply to any comments. Uh, as you know, I'm uh, I'm fairly active on Pauper Revolution. Yeah, uh, I'm Chris. I'm the, one of the regular hosts of Pauper to the People. But these guys have been amazing for coming on and helping me out. Now this is a time of need for Pauper guys. Shout out! Give us, give comments, reply to us on Twitter, retweet, retweet our tweets. Uh, we all love Pauper for the same reason. So, I think that's it. I'm Chris. You can contact me on Twitter at cweaver8518 or on MTGO. Uh, my username there is cweaver. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Thank you. Good night. Thank you.